Respectfully. 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 A melanated therapist. Welcome in and welcome home, family. I'm Demetri. And I'm Rade. And this is Respectfully a Melanated Therapist podcast. Just a quick disclaimer, this is not therapy. We are just two people who are doing a podcast who happen to be therapists. The information in our podcast is for psychoeducation and entertainment purposes only. If you are in need of therapeutic resources, please feel free to contact us and we'll point you in the right direction. Thank you, friend. You're welcome. Before we kick off the show, let's talk a little bit about how you can support us. If you would like to show support, please share our podcast on social media, tag Respectfully NT, rate the show, and write reviews just to let us know that you're listening and enjoying the show. All right, fam. Our topic for today's episode is vulnerability. So what is vulnerability? So vulnerability is consciously choosing to not hide your emotions or desires from others or freely expressing your thoughts, feelings, desires, and opinions regardless of what other people might think. Now, the fact of the matter is, is that many of us have spent our entire lives covering up our emotions, which has impacted our ability to understand what being vulnerable really is. And a lot of those behaviors that look like displays of vulnerability on the surface, but they are actually manipulative or needy, which is the opposite of being vulnerable. So what are some of the reasons individuals have difficulty being vulnerable? One not being taught how to express your emotions freely as that behavior was not modeled by our parents or our family, experiencing childhood trauma such as abuse, neglect, or witnessing traumatic events, and then growing up with habits or behaviors that have been embedded into us that keeps us and our emotions suppressed and bottled up. Okay, so let's talk about some of the common myths of vulnerability. Vulnerability is a weakness. Myth, y'all. Okay. It has been studied and scientifically proven that courage and vulnerability go hand in hand, and you cannot experience one without the other. The second myth is you don't need to be vulnerable because you don't need anyone. When in reality, we gain our strength from our ability to collectively plan, communicate, and work together. The next myth that we have here is trust comes before vulnerability. The fact is that we need to be trusting to be vulnerable. And we have to be vulnerable in order to build trust. That's a tricky The next one. myth, what'd you say? I say that's a tricky one because it's like the chicken before the egg or the, <laughs> the egg before or, the chicken before the ordeal. Chicken. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> true. Very true. Very true. Because regardless, I mean, you cannot trust somebody and still decide to be vulnerable. That just comes from trusting yourself. Exactly. So, you exactly. Know. Come through, friend. Okay, ah! I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> Next myth is vulnerability is a tactic to get people to like you, find you attractive, or even sleep with you. So let's demystify this. Is that the right word? Okay, we're going to make it the right word if it's not. Remember that (laughs) being genuine is not about what you do. It's about why you're doing it or your intent behind it. The next myth is vulnerability is spilling all over Spilling out all of your secrets or engaging in emotional vomit as a way to be vulnerable. For context, emotional vomiting is when you suddenly unload an inappropriate amount of emotions and personal history onto a conversation, which can be tricky as on one hand, it is generally vulnerable, but on the other hand, it can be distasteful and unattractive. And a little tidbit to this is, you know, sometimes you, you know, people will do what we call trauma dumping which is Mm -hmm. another idea of emotional vomiting. Mm -hmm. And um, aside from it being unattractive, so to speak, or distasteful, I think it can also just put you in a position of feeling like I shared too much with someone that I don't really know Mm -hmm. um, and make you feel uncomfortable after the fact, Mm -hmm. um, I think is a a pretty big thing when it comes to that kind of thing, you know, that Mm -hmm. typically follows. Um, and, and, And with this, being able to share, it's all about discernment. It's about being able to share with people that you know you can trust, connect with, um, and receive love and you know empowerment from and through the conversation. That is when vulnerability tends to be most impactful, so to speak, rather than mm-hmm. feeling mm-hmm. like you just have to like share everything. And just make sure it's a safe space is what, is what I'm getting at. Because you can do this in places that you don't know people for sure, but you still Mm -hmm. have to be tactful about what you do share. 
Exactly. Very good points, friend. Because at the end of the day, there's a difference between healthy sharing and oversharing. Yeah, and, you exactly. know, it's a lot of different factors that come into play when you think about vulnerability, because is this the appropriate environment? Is this the mm-hmm. appropriate, you know, setting or is this the appropriate time to share all of these things? Like, granted, yes, you want to live in your truth and, you know, you don't want to have any shame if you are, if you do have trauma, but that's not something that you probably possibly would want to talk about on the second and third day. You know, you want exactly. to actually feel safe and then you actually want to, you know, give, you don't want to give the wrong impression that you're not in a healthy space either by trauma dumping or emotional right. vomiting. Yeah. Okay. You know, this made me think of, I have a friend, <laughs> one of my bestie boos, y'all. She is funny. She is a truth teller, you know, like me. It just, it's hard to be that way. But the other side of this is when (laughs) she is around people she doesn't know and she feels like they're asking too many questions that are inappropriate or Mm -hmm. too many questions that, you know, it's ultimately none of their business. None of their damn business, She (laughs) will intentionally lie, but she will tell people, she's like, you can ask me some questions and if I feel like, okay, fine, like it's not too much to, you're not asking for too much kind of thing. I'll tell you the truth. But if you just keep asking questions, I'm going to answer you, but it's going to be a lie. And I love it. (laughs) I love it. I love it. (laughs) It's like the intentional lying because especially people you just don't know is what I'm getting at. It's people she doesn't know and she will tell them like, I will lie to you. Just don't ask me all those questions because you're not going to get the now, do, so anyway. you know, so that is funny, and I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm with the shits. But, I'm sorry, you uh, <laughs> but you know, do you think that that is, you know, um, that if that feels more comfortable than just saying I don't want to answer that question for you right now? I think it just depends because of the mm-hmm. setting that you're in, you know. Because yeah. I think this can happen with some people. So this for her happens a lot when she's like in a in a work setting. And gotcha. she's very much so like us, where it's like, I'm not here to be your friend. Like, I'm here to right. work, sis. And like, I'm here to work. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> we can get to know each other a little bit, but don't don't push it, you know? Right, and right. And so, um, but she'll tell them, like, if you ask me too many questions, I'm just going to start lying. Or everything might be yes. <laughs> <laughs> everything might be no, you know, kind of thing. Which, right, honestly, right. like, I don't, I think that there are some moments where it's more appropriate to just say, I don't want to answer that. You know, Mm -hmm. like, or I don't feel comfortable answering that. But, you know, when you're in a setting, like certain settings, people come Mm -hmm. back and they push and they're like, oh, but how come you don't want to answer? And how come you don't want to talk to us? And how come you don't want to turn it on? And it's like, bro, just fuck it. You want the answer? There you go. You you, you know that. you know that gift with um Viola Davis grabbing her purse and getting up and walking out. That's that, it's, that's it. Like, all right, I'm out. Like, what? Is, so Literally. I done told your ass I don't want to answer those type of questions. So why would you ask me why I don't want to answer? Like, but you know, people don't let up, especially let's be for real. real. Let's be real. Mm-hmm. As minorities in work settings that are primarily white spaces, they don't mm-hmm. let up. They feel like mm-hmm. a lot of Nose the time there's full. an entitlement to an answer. Mm-hmm. So I think that's when that really shows up, you know, or, her, or, this, or they think that I I took this job to educate y'all on black culture. Like I, I'm oh, here yeah. to make a chat. Like start, I am not Seriously. the spokesperson for all black people. Just do your job and let me do mine. We can move on, please. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> right. So <laughs> okay, fail. So let's talk about a few scenarios or behaviors that would indicate that you may be experiencing some difficulties with being vulnerable. Um, one example is you engage in boring ass conversation topics because they're safe and shallow and you don't want to run the risk of offending someone. Um, next, you have you may be stuck in a job or career that you don't truly enjoy just because other people told you it was a good idea and you didn't want to disappoint anyone. Um, another one is you haven't exercised or groomed yourself to your full extent, meaning that you ain't do what you can. Re- you ain't do your thing. Um, <laughs> because you don't want to stand out too much. And then on the other side of that, dressing extremely well makes you feel uncomfortable. Um, and then we have another one, which is smiling at strangers makes you feel creepy or uncomfortable. And then the idea of asking someone out on a date scares you because of the possible rejection. Um, you know, and I feel like that last one is, is kind of, you know, intertwined a little bit with, um, with normal, um, nervousness and anxiousness however if it completely stops you from actually proceeding then that's when we're talking about the the difficulty with being vulnerable Mm -hmm. 
These are some like interesting scenarios that you brought up because, and I think they're like right on point too, because a lot of these are very, I think, day-to-day things that people Mm -hmm. struggle with. And I love the one about smiling at strangers, making you feel like creepy or uncomfortable. I think (laughs) that is such a thing. I think about that, like just Miami life with everybody Mm -hmm. with the RBF. And, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, like, and it feels, people feel really weird. Like, just honestly, I think I notice it the most for myself. And this could also also be a Florida thing too or whatever, but like moving to Colorado, I don't mind smiling at people to say hey and stuff like that. I think I'm just not as used to people smiling back at me or like initiating that as much during the day Mm -hmm. when I moved to Colorado or no, just even my first couple of visits um, when my husband was, you know, playing ball and stuff, going out there and people like smiling at me left and right and stuff like, (laughs) and you know, I'm just kind of getting moving through my day, not even thinking about like noticing people kind of thing. But of course I Mm -hmm. noticed it when someone smiles and I'll smile back. That wasn't, you know, awkward to me, but the awkward part was them smiling at me first and Mm. it happening every time I went somewhere and was doing something. And I remember going to my husband, I'm like, why is everybody smiling at me? He was like, you're in Colorado. This is a different place. (laughs) He had to like (laughs) coach me through it. And I had to like get a little bit more like comfortable Mm. with that. But I'm like, why are everybody like smiling, looking at me like, damn, like something wrong. (laughs) But no, nothing was wrong. Everyone was just having a good fucking day and Moving along. (laughs) I'm so glad you brought that up, friend, because my experience was in reverse. So I was born in um, Gainesville, Florida, hometown. Yes. (laughs) You know, go Gators. Um, (laughs) But but horrible. Right. (laughs) Well, you know, bull life. But, you know, listen, I ain't got to do everything now. But anywho. So, um... So listen, so growing up in a college town or a small town, like, you know, your neighbors, like when you walk out your house, people are like, good morning, like, just the, like leave it to the Cleavers, like that shit is real. Like that happens mm. in small towns. And, you know, um, and that's how I grew up. I was used to people, you know, saying hello or waving, just and don't even really know them, know them, but just, mm. oh, I see you around the neighborhood. So what's up? Hey, how you doing? Um, and moving to the Tampa Bay area, it was a big culture shock because it just was not friendly. Um, it wasn't like it's people weren't just paced. outright mean, but yeah, and it was way more fast paced. And then, so, you know, like, hey, how you doing? And people look at, like, some people were, were, were um, you know, were returned the gesture, but some people would look at me and just turn their head and keep it moving. Like, why are you talking to me? And I was like, mm-hmm. oh. So, yeah. but the funny thing, so I adjusted, of course or acclimated to my new environment. So, but it's so, um, it's so weird. At first it's weird. And then it's refreshing when I go visit back home because mm-hmm. that same energy is there. So it's like literally walking, hey, how you doing? And I, I stopped for a minute, like, Bitch, I don't know you. And I'm like, oh my God, I forgot where I'm at. Like, hey, how you doing? You know, and um, one time me and my best friend went home. I think it was for the, um, for uh, one of the Gators um, homecoming. Um, you up homecoming. And um, we were standing outside just talking. And then this um, this white couple, older couple, walked out and they just started having a whole full-blown conversation with us. And they was like, you know, hey, how are you doing? It's quite cold out here, isn't it? I'm like, yes, it is very cold. And we just started talking about all type of stuff. And then after they left, I was like, ooh, I was like, bitch, I forgot that that's how uh <laughs> how this work in this in these parts mm-hmm. i was like and then um it's it fast forward to a couple of weeks ago i went to um to lunch with a um i don't know what to, we're gonna say friend i went to lunch with a friend and um we were outside talking by the car it'll be an off offline conversation i'm sorry y'all but i got to give my friend the tea first but anyway so um Yes. So we were outside talking like by our cars. And I mean, people like ran, it was a, a black soul food restaurant. So as we're standing there talking, I mean, just random, you know, people would pull up. Hey, how y'all doing? Hey, how y'all doing? What's going on? Y'all having a good day? And at <laughs> first we was like, what the fuck wrong with these people? Like, what is going <laughs> on? And I was like, you know what? I guess, you know, they're in this area, in this particular black neighborhood. That is mm-hmm. how that's the culture of their neighborhood. And then, so I was like, okay, well, I get it. Like people 
like randomly, you know, selling stuff. They stopping, you know, like, hey, you want to buy this? Or just what I mm-hmm. got here on my card? Like different, just different energies. But it's just funny you brought that up because the engagement always, level. Yes, because down here, like, I kind of, I I'll smile, like smile more often, but it's really on the um. Speak when spoken to basis because I ain't got time to push yeah. your ass out for me smiling at you and you giving me a look and then I have to say well bitch why you look at me like that and then you say well who you calling the bitch and I'm gonna be like you heard what I said and then we gonna be tussling so I tussle <laughs> okay let me start playing for you okay uh, right. but no like seriously I mean granted <laughs> thinking about my neighborhood and growing up and stuff like that yes like with in the neighborhood you definitely say hey to people and stuff like that they mm-hmm. know you they see you around the neighborhood they know my parents you know stuff like that they'll greet mm-hmm. but outside of that it's definitely a just go about your business, you know, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. I mean, what I will say is what I'm um, being in the city, or I really like to call this like place that I'm in right now, a town, because it is so small mm-hmm. in comparison to where I'm from. Mm-hmm. Um, the culture is different, you know, like people definitely smile when they see you. And mm-hmm. um, sometimes they'll speak, but mostly they're smiling when they see you and interacting yeah. a lot more and they know each other. Um, because mm-hmm. if how small the area is and so mm-hmm. so yeah so i mean and that is a bit refreshing for me to be a part of right now um yeah. especially coming from colorado and not having to go back to this very stringent of like don't say nothing like they have to um, do a complete right. 360 yeah exactly so let me ask you this man are there any common myths that you have experienced or once lived and had to work through Ooh, yes. Um, I think the biggest one for me, um, well, two of them actually. Um, I'll start with the one that um I've worked through already, which was vulnerability is a weakness. Basically mm-hmm. showing any type of, you know, um what we would consider uh soft emotions like sadness, crying, um, anything other than ultimately joy, happiness, or anger. Um was seen as a weakness, you know? And I've mm-hmm. said this in a different episode, but I've literally been told you shouldn't cry in front of people that's weak. Mm-hmm. And that messed me up at that time because it was coming from someone that I trusted at the time. Um, but I learned, you know, even before starting my, you know, my uh, therapist um, journey that, you know, ultimately I have to be true to me. And right. if I'm feeling something, I'm feeling it for a reason. And if that outward expression of what I'm feeling results in tears, then it is what it is. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, and then actually understanding that, you know, there is strength and vulnerability um, and it's not a weakness. And, you know, just like Rade said earlier, like it takes courage to be vulnerable and on any level with anyone. And you can't have vul- courage without vulnerability. Um, and then the one that I am, you know, still working through is that trust comes before vulnerability. Um, and, you know, at, when we were preparing for this show, kind of giving me a different perspective on the fact that, okay, you can't have one without the other. You know what I'm saying? Like they both need each other in order for both of them to be done Um effectively. So, you know, trying to remember that, you know, it's okay to be a little vulnerable, but also setting boundaries with myself so I don't feel like I'm oversharing or I'm giving too much of myself to someone who has not earned that that that's uh that room in my personal space. Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, trust is big, but I think, you know, more than anything like Rade said that, you know, I think once you start to trust yourself and have full trust in yourself or open trust with yourself, then I feel like it'll be easier for you to be vulnerable with other people and build that trust simultaneously. So I ultimately, that's what I'm trying to say is that, you know, trust and vulnerability, me find, you know, kind of realizing that they occur simultaneously was the key, but it's still some work I got to do because I don't trust these hoes. Not as planned. I mean, but that's, that's on, honestly, that's real. Especially, like, I think being a therapist and knowing what you know about people mm-hmm. and, like, behavioral patterns, even though, like, people will definitely surprise you, you know, kind yeah, of thing. absolutely. But, like, <laughs> I just think, like, knowing what you know about people, it's like, it can be hard to trust that because you know people will surprise you even knowing their patterns. Exactly. Like, you know. Exactly. Um, what about you, Fran? So, 
I think mine are kind of odd that they go together, but I have two as well. So the first one is also trust comes before vulnerability. Um, growing up, I just remember my dad like preaching to us, like, you don't know that person. You don't know them. And if it was like, we just met them, we knew them for under five years, you know, anything like that. He was like, you don't know them. You don't know them. Mm. You don't get too close. You trust you. You don't trust them, you know, whatever. And so Mm -hmm. it put me in a position and, you know, I definitely understood what he meant, you know, giving people time so that you can really build trust and And understanding of someone Mm -hmm. and actually seeing who they are as Mm -hmm. a whole, because people can evolve in that amount of space and time um, and shift. Um, As an adult, I understand that. But I think growing up, a lot of that for me was perceived as, okay, if you don't know them, you don't open up to them because you don't Mm -hmm. know if they're going to hurt you. You don't know if they're going to harm your family. You don't know. Mm -hmm. You don't know what they're going to bring to the table. Um, And it can put you in a a bad position, ultimately. Mm -hmm. And if you are in a bad position because of what someone else does, that's on you. And so that's what I think that kind of ingrained in me for a long time. So it would put me in a position to like get to know people, but not be too comfortable with them. Mm. If that makes sense. So I was like never really comfortable with those relationships that I, those were close knit relationships, but I was never really comfortable until I kind of felt like, okay, I know you, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, kind of thing. And so um, it would lead me to, not sharing everything. And even still, you know, I'm one to omit stuff. Like, I feel like I tell people what I feel like they need to know, but that's yeah. just me. Generally, or what I want like, to. As a person. <laughs> well, right. Right. Yeah. But like, at the end of the day, like, I, sh- I feel like I share like what you need to know versus what's for me, you know, like exactly. between me and spirit is me. <laughs> right. Me. Exactly. But, exactly. But yeah. So I think that's one of them. The other one is um, vulnerability is a tactic to get people to like you, find you attractive, or even sleep with you. So mm. less about the like sleeping with you part, but more mm-hmm. of the getting people to like you and finding you attractive um, as mm-hmm. just a person, not like my look, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I definitely dealt with that myth because in that I had to debunk that one for myself because I think I dealt a lot with people feeling like I have tried to manipulate them by simply trying to get to know them, me sharing things about them and being inquisitive about who they are. Mm. And they're kind of like, in their response, it's like, you're trying to manipulate to get what you want or things like that when that's not me. Like, I'm mm. never going to try to manipulate you. Trust me, I don't want right. you to do anything you don't want to do and I don't want to do right. anything I want to do. <laughs> right, period. So, but I think, you know, for a minute, it had me questioning how come you are sharing this with them when they already, when they feel like you're manipulating them. But I had mm. to realize for me that this is who you are, right? You are a lot of an open book. A lot of the time, shit, that's mm. all we do in this podcast. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> period. <laughs> and then the other thing is like recognizing that because they were uncomfortable with my vulnerability, they looked at it as a tactic for, for them to be vulnerable with me when Mm -hmm. that wasn't the case you know Mm -hmm. like i want to be my true self no matter what space i'm in and that level of vulnerability may they may change and adjust depending on who Mm -hmm. i'm talking to him around as it should but it definitely had me second guessing myself for a minute like oh girl like you trying to manipulate people like (laughs) you know what are you doing and that was never the case but so many people were saying it to me but i had to realize they are they were very uncomfortable with themselves and this was mostly men and men definitely struggle with vulnerability at a higher level than women do Mm -hmm. that's just what it is plain and simple we talked about this in the last episode of just you know barbershop talks you know stuff like that so um and then to be vulnerable with a woman i think threw them off even more so it was like what are you trying to do you're trying to like pull me in trying to seduce me and then you're gonna change up like and Mm -hmm. it was like no i'm just being myself Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, I had to debunk that for myself a whole bunch because um, I was nervous. I'm like, oh, my God, you're being a bad person. Like, you know, oh, no. honestly, <laughs> no, genuinely, you know, I, yeah. I was thinking like that. I'm like, right. you're not being a good person. Like, you're not living in your values, you know, like all of those things. They just scare crap out of me. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. Like, I can even cry right now thinking about it. <laughs> but it used to scare the crap out of me. And so, mm-hmm. like, being able to debunk that for myself. I'm glad, I, and I'm glad you did, friend, because you are wonderful inside and out, friend. Ah, uh, thank you. Listen, anybody, y'all, the vulnerability episode, and I'm whole uh, crying. 
<laughs> listen, honey, don't if anybody say different, then you let me know that, that, that they can catch me outside, okay? <laughs> By my friend, okay? Listen, y'all, he only act like this because I started crying on the fucking mic. Anyway. Listen, no, I'm like, this. Uh, yeah, I mean, she did, but... <laughs> I, I'm ride or die. I'm ride or die. <laughs> you are. You are. And I love that about you. <laughs> and, but yeah, so like just debunking note that had, it was huge because I was like, holy shit. Like you cannot yeah. be that person. But having to realize for myself, taking it in, you're being the best you can be and sharing with people, heal people, heal other people. And so exactly. me sharing my vulnerable, you know, spaces and being vulnerable around people that were least expected. Mm-hmm. You know, it created and opened a lot more doors for me, you know, in a lot of healthy and positive ways that if I would have never done those things, mm-hmm. a lot of doors would have been closed. Yeah. 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 Because, you know, because, you know, my friend is a cutoff queen. Now, don't play with Ooh. her. You, you did what? Oh, bye. <laughs> 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 but yes, but I, but that's that's real talk, though, um, Rade. It is. It's. um. It goes back to the trust. And I know mm-hmm. now, you know, through, you know, our journey together as friends that, you know, I can see the trust in yourself that you have in a lot of situations. And um, that's a blessing. I feel like, you know, I'm still on that journey to full, fully trusting myself. But I do know that, you know, there is um, it's all about emotional boundaries. Um, but I do know that I have people who I can just let it out with. And I think that's mm-hmm. what helped me realize, you know, that I can be vulnerable when I need to and um and it's genuine. Um yeah. but I kind of reserve that for the people who are closest to me, who are in that close-knit circle. Now, I might share certain things about myself because I am an open book because I don't care whether you know that about me or not because I don't really care what you think of that. Um but when it comes to the ones that really tug at my heart, I saved that for my for my close friends and and my and mm-hmm. um the handful of family members that I I can rely on. You know what I mean. So there's levels to it, but um, yeah. you know I'm so glad that you that you shared that because other people will make you think that you're manipulating them or that you have ill intent by sharing some of the being vulnerable and sharing certain things with them. And in reality, like Rodney said, they're uncomfortable with themselves and being vulnerable was uncomfortable for them. So you have to be gaslighting me or you have to be manipulating me because it has to be something else other than you being vulnerable because one, I may not even know what being vulnerable is or two, I'm just mm-hmm. really uncomfortable in that space. Right. So thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I mean, it's definitely a thing. I, at first, I was like, uh, is that the whole thing with, you know, vulnerability, spilling out all of your secrets or engaging in, a, in the emotional vomit? But mm-hmm. it wasn't that, you know, and and I don't think it's ever been that for me ever. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think that I definitely see a lot of people struggle with that as well and, and getting those mm-hmm. two kind of intertwined. Absolutely. But, yeah. Okay. So currently, what would you say are, are some... I guess past or present challenges that you've experienced when it comes to you being vulnerable. And you kind of gave us some some past stuff. We kind of went through some past stuff, but I guess mm-hmm. maybe more present based. If you um, yeah. what type of challenges are you experiencing, if any? I think the current challenges I'm experiencing. So for instance, I'm I'm gonna use this podcast as the perfect example. You know, I think as we record, sometimes after we're done recording, because I think while we're in recording mode, I'm free flowing, you know, kind of thing. And just Mm -hmm. sharing what's on my heart, what's on my mind, but still trusting myself to go as far as I need to and pull back as much. Once we're done recording, I just remember, especially in like the first, I want to say first like 10 episodes, I was like, oh, maybe we shouldn't put that out. Oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Oh, maybe, you know, and I think Mm -hmm. though that's a huge challenge is like, this is going out to the world. This is not just me and your conversations (laughs) anymore. You right, know, like right. this is our conversations, okay? right? Like this, and we're sharing with with other people, and mm-hmm. um, I think that can be really scary. And yeah, sometimes I would let the <laughs> right, <laughs> and I I would let the like fear take over and let it reduce my vulnerability to oversharing rather than mm-hmm. being vulnerable and um educated in what I'm talking about and mm-hmm. allow imposter syndrome to show up, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think another challenge that I face with vulnerability is um, 
and I think this will always be a challenge for me, is that when I have someone in my life that I know they'll be there long term, you know, this could be a best friend, this could be uh, a family member, it could be my husband, it doesn't matter. I think if someone slights me in a way or does something that I think is inappropriate or crosses a boundary, and then having to come back and have a conversation about that and trust that we have to move forward, that's a very mm. vulnerable space to be in. And it Same. really, really challenges me to like be able to say, okay, that happened. This is a moment. This is not the entire relationship. This is not the end all be all of that. Mm-hmm. And you still have to let your guard down with this person because they are still your husband, your mom, your dad, your sister, your friend, your whatever, mm-hmm. right? Like you still have to take off all the armor. And be vulnerable. You still give the kisses and the I love yous and the hugs. And you still talk about the hard shit too. And I think that can be hard, especially coming from me, a person that is used to just cutting people off, not even about to hold y'all, and be like, I'm just not going to talk to you anymore versus now I have to find a balance between what's safe for me to share now versus what isn't and start to edge my way back to the relationship that we have had or mm-hmm. recognizing that this is simply a slight, it's simply a moment. An example I have of this is I got into um, a, a really big um, argument with one of my best friends. And it wasn't even an argument. You know, she was dealing with something and, and I didn't feel like she handled it the correct way. She didn't feel like she handled it the correct way, whatever. Um, we're amazing now. You know, that's the only time we've ever had an issue. It was not anything actually between us. It was something that she was dealing with. And the issue transpired between us only because of the communication got disrupted. Mm-hmm. And so, um, of course, you know, she apologized. We talked through it, we moved through it. And initially my response was, how about this? So glad you're here. So glad you acknowledged it. But let's just debt this. Let's debt this mm-hmm. whole relationship, this friendship. And it, uh-uh, I don't got time for that. You don't got time for that, clearly. So let's just debt it. And she sat there and she was like, um, No. <laughs> She was like, actually, we're about to pour this wine. (laughs) We're about to pour this wine (laughs) and have a talk. No, seriously. (laughs) And she was like, no. Like, she's like, I get that you're upset and you get to be. And your feelings are hurt and you get to have hurt feelings. But no, I ain't going nowhere, pretty much. That's beautiful. Because do you know how how many good relationships and friendships have ended because someone didn't speak up and take the initiative to say, no, let's work this out? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I think like for me, the interesting part of this was at that time in my life when that had happened, I don't think I had ever, I hadn't had anyone outside of my mom be that person that's like, okay, listen, because my mom had my mom's signature line y'all growing up was, I don't care what it is that's going on, I don't care how mad you think I'm going to get, how hurt my feelings going to be, you better tell me. You know, kind of thing. That didn't Shout matter. Shout out to Mama was, Raquel. Yes. I know, right? <laughs> that was that was always her thing. And my mama, you know, she didn't go off on on you. You know, all the things. But at the end of the day, <laughs> that always stuck with me. And so it didn't matter what was going on for me. Mm-hmm. I told my mom. You know, I know that's right. But and even to this day, it stuck with me. So outside of that, you know, she was the first person that was able to do that and be present for our friendship in that way. When we were having a huge issue and able to take ownership for her behavior was a huge Mm -hmm. thing because people don't often do that. Outside of that relationship, it was always me. Not even that Mm -hmm. I was the one that made the slight or anything like that, but I was always the one like, okay, let's put in the effort. Mm -hmm. You know, we can do this, you know, kind of thing. But it was always me. And which is where I was, I would get to either doing that or cut off. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. at that time when she did that, I was like, okay. Sit back and enjoy this ride. How about that? Because Mm -hmm. she recognized that and knowing who she is, you know, I know her and knowing who Mm -hmm. she is, I had to look at our relationship as a whole rather than that Mm -hmm. one moment and being able to say, okay, that's key. I can, we can do this, (laughs) you know, and we've never had an issue since then. And, and even that, like, I know she still even feels bad for that moment. You know, we can laugh about it now because of just Mm -hmm. the way it went, but also, She'll always be near and dear to my heart, so we don't got to worry about that, but still. <laughs> okay. So right, what about friend. you? Yeah, so first, let's jump into the... Um, so, 
I guess until <laughs> we did this episode, like I know that, you know, we've been vulnerable. So that's not uh, being questioned or just not mm-hmm. re- being realized. But actually, when we when we talked about doing this podcast and it's just amazing how we walked into it knowing and preparing to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. You know, with, and we're always been, we've been very vulnerable with each other because we're friends, but to share that vulnerability with, with the world, like we've talked mm-hmm. about our traumas, we've talked about our mental health challenges, like we have been raw and uncut from day one. And, you know, I think it's kind of a testament to, to where we both were in that, in our lives at that time to where, you know, outside of trusting ourselves, we trusted each other. And, yeah. and felt that it was a safe space for us to be vulnerable. So mm-hmm. I appreciate you, friend, um, and helping me too. reinforce, you know, some of that growth. Because I ain't gonna lie, be vulnerable hard as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> being genuinely vulnerable, like in t- with pure intent of mm-hmm. being vulnerable, that's your hard as fuck. So um, some of the challenges that I still have now is, you know, like I said earlier, the one, um, you know, trust comes before vulnerability. Um, I think that, you know, for me, um, because of the lack of modeling healthy emotional expression growing up and then going Mm -hmm. through all of these situations where I've been hurt, um, not saying I'm perfect and I haven't, you know, done anything that, um, I'm not perfect, but, um, you know, and not being able to freely express those emotions and, and how, you know, I felt and, and why I felt hurt, you know, there's two sides of it. Like one, you know, me not being able to be vulnerable enough to express that allowed me to stay in situations that were, that I was being harmed a lot longer than I should have. And then on the other side of that, it ultimately just, um, resulted in this, this very strong barrier that, Ultimately, you know, I didn't give that other person the opportunity to step up. I just wrote mm. them off as uh, someone who hurt me or someone who is intentionally hurting me. When in reality, that person could have some stuff going on about themselves that is contributing to that behavior and it has nothing to do with me. But since we're sharing a lot of time and space and energy together, it's coming off on me. So you know, now that I'm, yes, now that I'm older, now I understand, okay. Let's have these conversations. Okay, so what's happening right here? You know what I mean? Like, what's coming up for you? Because mm-hmm. um, I feel like you, you know, you're being a little tight with me right now. Or I feel like, you know, that was insensitive, um, what you said or what you did, so that we can understand that. Because at the end of the day, sometimes people are unaware of what they are projecting onto other people until someone tells them. Now, you do have some people who ain't going to give a fuck, and those are the ones that you should cut out because we don't have time for that. But sometimes when someone actually genuinely cares and loves you, they will look, they will go through that retrospection or the introspection, should I say, and they will, you know, make the modifications or they'll be more conscious of that and they'll respect what you have to say because ultimately their intent was not to hurt you and they didn't even know what was going on. So, you know, that's one of the biggest things I learned is that, you know, at the end of the day, no, I don't like that you made me feel this way. No, I don't like that you did that shit, but let's talk about it and see, is this a pattern? Or it's just something, you know, if this is an, an anomaly based on something that you have going on in your life, can we continue to move forward instead of just writing them off or putting them in a the box of, of the motherfuckers that hurt me? Um, <laughs> or I felt like hurt me because everybody has their own perception of situations and, and conflicts. Um, so, you know, now um, how I'm working through some of these challenges with, you know, the trust and vulnerability is that I'm just, you know... Um, giving people enough room to be themselves. Um, and when I say giving them enough room to be themselves, it's basically not walking into a pre into a situation just off the rip, knowing like, I don't, I'm not trusting you. But basically giving them just enough trust or benefit of the doubt until they give me a reason not to. Now, but when it comes to me sharing, you know, very sensitive or vulnerable information, sometimes I'll... Uh, 
initiate some of it, but in more cases, I take my cues from the other people who I'm interacting mm-hmm. with. Now, what are you sharing with me? Now, if you're sharing with me something secret, you know, definitely personal, I'm not going to make it about me and then share something equally personal, but I'm going to know that, okay, you trusted me enough to share something like that with me. Mm-hmm. So the next time there's an opportunity for us to have a similar discussion, then I can share my journey. Or after we kind of talk about yours, I can kind of say, I can relate to that because X, Y, and Z. Um, whereas years ago, it wouldn't even matter if we went through the same thing. I'm not saying shit because I don't know you like, or mm-hmm. I don't feel comfortable enough to share that that vulnerability space with you. Um, so, and then also like you kind of say like, you know, um, looking at the relationship overall, like, damn, we've been friends all this time. So why do I still feel like I can't share X, Y, and Z with this person? Mm-hmm. Is it the, the relationship or is it me? Most of the time, you know, it's me <laughs> and the, the <laughs> trust issue and the trust issues that I'm working through. But at the same time, you know, I think the biggest challenge is really realizing, okay, what is, why do I have this wall up? Yeah. With this person that I've allowed, because obviously I've allowed this person to be in my life for umpteen years. So what is the barrier there? Is it, am I, uh, is it guilt? Is it shame? Not guilt. Is it shame because of, you know, some of the things that happened to me or being vulnerable in that space? And, you know, or do I feel like they're going to um, look at me differently because of what I've gone through? Are they going to think I'm weak or whatever the case may be? But um, just kind of like, like you say, focusing on the relationship as a whole. And then from there, um, trusting myself. I think that's the biggest yeah. one. Trusting and loving myself and, and, um, you know, there's still a wall, there's still a wall around my heart, but there's people on the other side of it. So meaning yeah. that it's a process for you to get on the other side of that wall, but just know that it's a, it's a, it's it's a, uh, I want to say a multitude, but there's quite a bit of people that are behind that, that particular wall, um, who ready to knock and buck. If you get up in here and you start acting a fool, but, right. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, that's right. but you know, the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, and I, I call it a wall, but more so it's a boundary, you know, because yeah. that's my most sacred space. That is the place where I feel that I can let all of my flags fly and I can just be myself without judgment and, and that I can share certain things with you about my life that you won't judge me for or scrutinize me for. So yeah, that was a long ass answer, but that's it. (laughs) Mine was long too. Like clearly this episode is about to be a little lengthy, but (laughs) you know, I have a quick question for you before I move on Mm -hmm. to the next one is Mm -hmm. have you, do you notice, um, people just emotion like vomiting their emotions to you or having super vulnerable moments um when you don't know them as well at inappropriate times simply based off of like the energy you give off if so like how do you tend to handle that um (laughs) it happens all the time and i think even um it's it's been a thing like my whole life. Like people just mm-hmm. gravitate towards me in that way. I just give off that type of energy, which is okay because we're healers and and all of that. But um, you know, I think from a very young age, I've come to realize. You know, thank you know. Shout out to my grandma. I love my grandma. Um, because she's um who introduced me to God and my spirituality. But I, I learned very early on that. There's a reason for everything. And it's not a coincidence that this person shared something deeply personal with me because they're going through something. So mm-hmm. that means that in this moment, my purpose is to be supportive. Now, in the back of my mind, I'd be like, "Woo, that's a lot to share with somebody you don't know, baby. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I'm going to step up and be for that person what they may need in the moment. And then possibly from there, you know, then I can, you know, maybe say, hey, you know, you know, what are you doing to cope with that? You know, what type of support do you have so that they and then kind of in a very nice way, let them know that, you know, you know, I to be mindful of who they share deeply personal information with who they don't know that well, because everybody's intentions are not going to be supportive. So you want to mm-hmm. make sure that when you're doing that, that is actually a safe space because it's a difference between feeling like you're in a safe space and actually being in the safe actually space. Actually being in one. 
Right. So, you know, you want to make sure that it's truly a safe space before you share that, because as we know, you know, people who don't have our best interest at heart tend to take information that we personal information that we that we present to them and try to use it against us or share that information with someone um, who does not deserve to know that information or who may take that information and and do something with it um, with malice intent, um, because they don't know the person who. You, they don't know the person who's the about They don't care for the person who, who mm-hmm. shared that information. Um, yeah, but that's a tough one. But I, I think I just, I accepted that early on that, you know, obviously they're sharing it with me for a reason. They need some type of support. So um, I, I think I've always adjusted to it. Now it's a little different for me now because I'm a therapist. Because now I feel like now it spills over. It's a little different than before. Like before mm-hmm. it was just like more friendly chatter. And then I feel like now with people who, when they find out I'm a therapist, then now they just spill. You, Yes. And I'm just like, oh my goodness. Like I can't, I'm one, I'm not your therapist, but I'm still going to support you and still do what I can do. But at the same time, like just for the people out there, when you see a therapist, that don't mean dump everything that you're going through on them. You know, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Unless you're in a a, a therapeutic setting, then that's what it's for. But I'm not saying that you can't talk to them and and inquire about certain things, but just, you know, to be frank, like it's a lot sometimes because people do dump on you a lot, especially when you tell them that you're a therapist. So, you know, you have it on one side when people just do it naturally because they just gravitate to your energy. And then you have people like, oh, you a therapist? Ooh, child, I need to sit on your couch. And then mm-hmm. they make jokes about it to kind of see what you're going to say. And I feel like if you don't set a boundary kind of right then, then they feel like, oh, okay, well, the next time I see you, I'm going to tell you what's going on. on and you go and we're going to talk and, and all of that. And, you know, like I said, we're, we're healers. So, you know, I want to be as supportive as I can, but I have to also keep my wellness in in check and a priority. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, I, yeah, that's definitely always happened to me since a young age as well. I think as an adult being a therapist, if that comes up, a lot of the times I ask people if they have a therapist, um, I will blatantly mm-hmm. just be like, you know, are you in therapy right now? Um, have you considered it? Things like that. Mm-hmm. But right. then it just, it also depends on who it is that's coming up to me. Even if I know of them or associated with them by a long mm-hmm. shot kind of thing, if they tell me something super personal, a lot of the times I would just listen. I won't have any kind of response um, mm-hmm. besides like, okay, you know, I or I know that must be hard kind of thing. Right. Um, and then... I'm not even about to hold you. I'll find someone that I know that they're close with and I'll ask them to check on them. You know, hey, check on your friend, check on Mm -hmm. this person, whatever they share something with me that was a lot. And depending on what they shared with me, I'll probably also share it with them so I can go back and be like, hey, listen, they told me X, Y, and Z. And so I wanted to check Mm -hmm. in with you. Mm -hmm. Um, Not one to, you know, maybe their relationship needs to can be bridged by that, you know, Mm -hmm. in a connect, in a good connection. And I understand, you know, going back to share it with somebody else can make it seem like it's an unsafe space um, because they shared that in a probably vulnerable state. Mm-hmm. But also, um, you don't know me that well is one. Right. I don't know all of your history of different things. Whereas if I know somebody that actually knows you and they're close with you and they mm-hmm. do understand your history and they're better able to aid you in those vulnerable moments, that's who I'm going to go and have you talk to. Um, and so I'm saying that, you know, I'm right out the gate. <laughs> Yeah, you know, or <laughs> I'd rather you be. I'd rather you be. You'll you'll be mad at me today, but you'll appreciate but, me tomorrow. Exactly, and so and I'm totally okay with that. Exactly. I have no problem with that because you decided to share something with me and not knowing me in that capacity. And you need whereas, help, right? And to know that I'm telling someone that actually loves you, cares about you, and knows you, I'm okay with that. Right, not bad. It. And I know Period. they're they're not going to. They're they're trying to. They're going to try to take care. They're not going to use it against you or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am. I'm going to go that route. Okay. So <laughs> my next question for you is, um, are there any situations that you've experienced and wish you had been more vulnerable? Oh, yes. Um, the one that I'm going to share is in my last relationship. Um, and I think what I mean is I had vulnerable moments, but it was um, a lot of them may have been forced. And when I say forced, meaning that because of the person in front of me asking me something like that, that I felt like where we are, we was in a relationship. I felt like that's something that you share with your partner. So it wasn't of my own doing. 
So it was still mm. some discomfort there, but there was, um, and it wasn't always trust that allowed me to be vulnerable. It more so than it was, okay, I'm in a relationship with this person and these are things that you should know about a person, like coming at it from a more logical perspective than a more emotional perspective um, and pushing through that that fear and, uncom- and discomfort. Um, but, you know, the part of my life that I felt like I... Um, could have been more vulnerable about is my um, my upbringing. Now, I didn't have a bad childhood, but I did have some traumatic things happen to me um, just throughout my life. So, you know, that is a very personal, deeply personable part of me. So, but I felt like, you know, looking back at the relationship as a whole, I didn't have any reason to distrust that person with that type of information. And I think that looking back at that situation, if I would have been more vulnerable about those things that I've, I've experienced, it would have gave that person more context to who I am, who I was as a person at that time, or what my journey looked like up until the moment that we, we met, or seeing that, okay, right now, based on what I've been through, like, bitch, I'm in recovery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? You know, I'm in mental health recovery from the depression and the anxiety of of all of that stuff that has transpired. And, you know, um, no matter how you chop it, screw it, trauma is trauma. You know, all of that shit is horrible, tragic, sad. It doesn't matter. So, yep. you know, but to go in that space and share that with someone that is... Um, to, I can't even think of a word beyond vulnerable, but that's beyond vulnerable, uh, core foundational vulnerability. But um, I just think that I, I'm not saying that it would have stopped the relationship from ending, but I feel like it would have allowed me to be more present in that relationship and it would have allowed me to um, display trusting behaviors for that person to know that I did trust them. Um, and even when it looks like I may be putting up walls and barriers with them if that makes sense yeah that definitely makes sense that definitely makes sense okay okay so how about you um i do feel like there are some moments that i you know could have been more vulnerable i think um i can even say just in my marriage you know like before getting married um as I was experiencing a transition in my spiritual journey, um, being able to share that more outright with my husband so that he understood what was going on and what was happening to be able to support me in any way possible, you know. And we are definitely the kind of people that we tend to respect each other's religious spaces or spiritual spaces, so to speak. Um, and whether they look similar or dissimilar. Um, I don't think that's more of the issue. More of the issue was me not being completely open about what was happening. And a lot of that was because I didn't know what was happening. <laughs> um, but the other side of this was, it was, you know, being able to be able to talk through those things because he is my partner, he is my person. And so, and to recognize that he is going to be one of the people that's always here, right? no matter what. And so being able to, I wish that I was able to vocalize what was happening to me more rather than having experienced that one alone Mm -hmm. and feeling, um, quite frankly, alone and confused Mm -hmm. and being afraid of being judged for it rather Mm -hmm. than um, being a lot more open and receiving that connection um, and understanding Mm-hmm. because of course he was going to understand, you know, like he's human right. too. And he right. has spiritual experiences as well. And I think that was a huge thing. I think that I wish that I would have been more vulnerable about. Gotcha. Okay. So to segue into our next talking point, what would you say are, would be some tips or strategies you would share with someone who wants to be more genuinely vulnerable in their life? So the first thing I think I want to say is start with yourself. Start to really get to know you, like start to understand what are some things that are true to you? How do you feel about a lot of things? You know, what is your perspective on life? And do that deep dive first in order for you to be able to share in, start to share with people that are close enough to you. You know, I don't know what's actually going on with me right now. I don't know um, how to word this, stuff like that. If you want to share something with someone, 
and you're nervous about it, start with that. I'm nervous to share this right now, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to try my best. Being vulnerable is about not having a script. It's about being able to be open and share in a way that doesn't require you to constantly be in your head about what is that other person thinking regarding what you're sharing. Mm -hmm. So the biggest thing with that in particular, I think before you even decide to be vulnerable, is choosing who to be vulnerable with. So understanding who is that person in my life? How much do they share with me? How much do I typically share with them? What kind of moments do we share? Is it only surface level? And I want it to be deeper because if that is the case, then maybe you need to start with that. You know, I know we don't normally talk about these things, but I do want to have a deeper relationship with you and I want to share some stuff with you. Are you okay with that? Mm -hmm. Right. And if they need time to think about that, give them some space to think about it, especially if you guys relationship has never has never gone there. But if you already have someone that you are pretty, you know, you go pretty deep with at times or just you guys randomly have moments of deep connectivity, I think still one of those moments, you know, like, hey, I need one of those moments where we kind of take a deep breath for a second. I'm going through something or I want to share something with you that I haven't shared with anybody yet. And I would appreciate, you know, and set the boundary at the front. I want to share something mm-hmm. with you and I would appreciate if we didn't share it with anyone, mm-hmm. you know, Um mm-hmm. Especially because sometimes we share some pretty hard things and the person that we're close to, they may want to share it with our other loved ones because they're concerned for us or so forth. And Mm -hmm. so if that comes up too, even saying, you know, if you do want to share this with anybody, can you just talk to me first so we can talk, talk it through? I know that you're Mm -hmm. sharing it, you know, stuff like that. So being vulnerable Mm -hmm. is one about asking permission to see if that person's in the space for it or if you guys Mm -hmm. have that kind of relationship where you're unsure. Um, and the other side of this is discerning who you want to share it with based off of the trajectory of that relationship as a whole. And also starting with self. So if you can start being vulnerable with you first so that you can actually get to know you, it becomes a lot easier to share it with other people. Because truth of the matter is, is that we're judging our own thoughts, feelings, and behaviors before anybody else's, which is mm-hmm. what comes across a lot faster than mm-hmm. anything else when you're sharing. Yes, friend. Hashtag retweet, <laughs> bold echo, all that good stuff. So <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm just going to 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 echo you know some of the stuff that that my friend just shared because all of that is spot on, and I agree with all of that. And I think you know the first thing that came up for me um, was self discovery. Do some self-discovery. Figure out what your short your shortcomings are, and when you figure out what your shortcomings are, accept them. You know what I mean? Because when you realize something and you accept it, that's when you are in the best position to do something about it. Um, you know, making sure that you're taking your taking responsibility for your actions and your behaviors in a situation instead of putting it all off on the other person because you feel hurt. Um, you know, and another big thing, um, and this is something that, you know, I am working through in my own personal life is really telling someone when they've been hurtful or insensitive, kind of going back to, like I said before, give people who you trust or have a, a, a long-term relationship with the ability to step up to the plate if there has been some type of misstep or you feel like you've been wronged in some way. Because like I said, someone who genuinely loves you and cares about you, they're going to receive that, they're going to respect that, and they're going to modify where necessary, if necessary. Um, And then the easy one, because sometimes, you know, people have um, a hard time taking compliments, but we don't talk about uh, people who actually have a hard time giving them. So that is a good way to practice being vulnerable by t- just telling someone you appreciate them or you admire them or respect them or love them. Um, you know, I feel like in my personal life um, and kind of growing up, you know, we knew we loved each other and there were times where we said we loved each other, but it wasn't as often as I, as I felt like it could have been. You know what I mean? I feel like that should be second nature to tell, you know, your your family members or loved ones that you're proud of them, that encourage mm-hmm. them, motivate them, support them, that you admire them for, for accomplishing something that you weren't able to accomplish or for the simple fact that, you know, those opportunities weren't available during that time for them to be able to live the life that you have now or set up your life the way that you have set it up now. Um, and, you know, as... 
I've gotten older, I've realized like a lot of the things that um, I may have missed because I was a child and didn't understand it in, in, in an adult way. But at the end of the day, people can only give you what they have. Yep. You know, and I had to learn that I can't take that personally. Like they did not just wake up and decide I'm going to treat you this way. You know what I mean? Like people are the product of what they've gone through. And sometimes you get caught up, you get caught up in that, you know, not through their intent, but it's just the way that, that it's happened. You know what I mean? So just, you know, extending grace to yourself and to others and give people the opportunity to step up. You know, don't just write them off because we're all human. We all make mistakes. We all fall short. And sometimes, you know, kind of like that situation that you were talking about with your, with your best friend, like sometimes we, we go through shit. And because, because of that vulnerability or that space that we share, it could, the emotions that I'm experiencing or the reaction to those emotions could come off at you. And the situation has nothing to do with me, but I know Mm -hmm. that you're not going to judge me based off of that. But sometimes we get caught up in the fact that, okay, wait a minute. That's, that's a bit much that Mm -hmm. we don't realize, like it could be something deeper and it could have nothing to do with me. So let me check in with my friend. And if it is, you know, because of me, then let's talk that through. Like, are we at a crossroads? Can we move mm-hmm. forward? Or do we got to say deuces, you know? Or, mm-hmm. you know, do you need support and just don't know how to ask for it? You know what I mean? Or you need help and you don't know how to put it into words. Um, so that's that's kind of like the the biggest biggest ones for me and some of the ones that I'm I'm working on and definitely telling people um how much I appreciate them and love them and proud mm-hmm. of them and making sure that I am being to them one what I want in return but also the things that I it's also a reminder of the things that I need to also give to myself. Yeah. I I 100% I love that. I agree. I before you know we move on to like start closing and everything I um, have really been trying lately and I'm going to encourage, you know, whoever listens to this to try this too is, um, when your loved ones leave the house, tell them you love them, tell them you appreciate them. When you see them working hard, tell them you see them, tell them you care, mm-hmm. tell them you're grateful, you know, give kisses and hugs when right. you greet people. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the one. Of, a hug is one of the best ways to show someone that you're excited to see them and that you're grateful that they're there. Right. Like yeah. you never know when the last time you're going to see that person. I just, there are two things really quick. Growing up, my grandma, my grandma Ada, she <laughs> always, and still to this day, even um, in the demented state, she, when you walk into the house, you give her a hug and a kiss period okay and <laughs> you don't leave the house without giving a hug and a kiss and i know that's right i think you know her being so intentional about that it's always like you know whether we were getting that at home or we weren't you knew you're going to get that when you went to grandma's house and right. there was no question about it you know whether you mm-hmm. didn't know you needed it that day or didn't want it that day you were getting right. something <laughs> so right there's that right. part and then Super cute moment my mom and I actually had yesterday. So I love that we're talking about this. You made me think about it when you were talking about um, how just growing up, you didn't hear certain things and stuff like that because people didn't know what to give. So mm-hmm. my mom was talking about, she was like, you thought I was a smothering parent. Wait till I'm a smothering grandma, right? <laughs> and so she was like, I'm taking my babies everywhere and you ain't going to be able to tell me nothing. They're going to be spoiled, right? And I said, I don't think you can spoil a baby. I said, what you think I'm going to give them, right? Like all of they're going to get right. is love. She was like, I'm going to tell exactly. them every moment they get. I said, exactly. Exactly, girl. That's exactly what we do. She said, I know that's right. <laughs> so, I love that. I, I'm I love that, that. Right. Like, and I just want y'all to know, you know, like if you have kids, you're having them or whatever, just take moments to pour love into them, you know, and yeah. mm-hmm. teachers out there. Um, I was reading Michelle Obama's book and she was talking about how um, more children tend to do well and better in classrooms, especially at a young age when teachers greet them individually at the door. Um, you know how you see people doing the handshakes or hugs right. to everybody? And right. um, and I was like, that makes so much sense. It makes so much sense. You know, like yeah. they're getting the attention, they're getting the love, they're getting the somebody is honoring them and respecting them, even as a kiddo, right? As right. a person that still deserves that kind of interaction. So if you can yeah. do that, if you can give that to someone, give it. Okay. I, I love that. I love that you brought that up because it is really the first 
public or external message of I see you. Mm-hmm. I see you. By somebody you know, that and, doesn't have to do it. Right, exactly. And um, because you know, one of the, you know, because you know, we have a lot of jobs, friend. But you know, one of the jobs that I have is I work in a school. So, you know, um <laughs> working in a school, um, it's it's just been so it's it's been refreshing. Um, one, because I, I work with a, a great group of um individuals, but the kids, they're just bright lights and you know literally mm-hmm. just walking and you just feel the pressure of somebody's body hugging you and it's like you know mm-hmm. around your waist so I'm like what the-? at first I'm like what the hell is-? and I'm like oh <laughs> I forgot I'm in the school I was like so I hug them you know hug them back you know because mm-hmm. obviously they needed a hug um mm-hmm. and then you know kids talk and then you know they can see my name on the door so then I have kids saying my name like hi Mr. Watkins and I don't even know who they are and I'm like hello <laughs> how are you and right. then you know but when it's you know, and then the ones that are more frequent, I always ask, what's your name? Like, you know, mm-hmm. if they do something kind, like the other day, because um, we have badges that you can't get into a room unless you badge it in or, you know, of course, someone opens the door. So something was wrong with the badges. So there was a, a young um, young black boy that was in there and he was writing a statement, but he saw, saw me at the door and he came and he opened the door. And I asked him, I was like, what's your name? And he was like, um, Kingston. I was like, thank you for opening the door for me, Kingston. You know, like, it's just little things like that that make the world, exactly, that makes a world of difference. So now that when I see him again, I can say, hi, Kingston, and that will, that will go a long way. So, you know, it's no way I can learn everybody's name at the school, but there's, when I can, I will, and I'll do, you know what I mean? Because all of that stuff makes a difference. So that was just my little, um. My little version of that um, that you just mentioned, but it's yeah, it's 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 so refreshing, Um, and you just don't know how something so small could have such a huge impact. One hundred percent. All right, fam. Well, let's move on to our Earth lesson for the week. So remember, there is strength in vulnerability, as it takes courage to push through your own fear and share your true self with others. Choosing to be Open without fear of judgment from others is to choose to be truly free. Respectfully, a melanated therapist. All right, fam. Remember to follow us on Instagram at respectfullymt and send your questions and topic requests to respectfullymt at gmail.com. Until next time, fam. Peace, y'all. Respectfully. 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 A melanated therapist.